This episode is presented by Fleet Feet. Climbing, I feel like, is a meditative sport because you're, you're going as high as you are comfortable, right? So you're in control the entire time. I think it's, it's mostly just feeling comfortable, feeling safe with however high you're, you want to go. All right, well, let's, let's get on this wall. Yeah, all right. <laughs> My name is Allison Mariella Desir, and this is Out and Back, a podcast exploring how Black, Indigenous, and other people of color are reclaiming space in the outdoors. Each episode, you'll hear their stories and we'll get outside with them in their element. This episode, that element is not mine as the day started with a rock climbing wall. We're headed to Magnuson Park with Jazz Masonette, founder of QPOC Hikers. Jazz wanted to have experiences with other queer people of color outside rather than the standard happy hour meetups they've seen. And QPOC Hikers, like Jazz's interest in the outdoors, is about much more than hiking. That's why we started the day rock climbing, a completely new experience for me. Oh, and if you want to see Jazz and I climbing, hiking, and talking, check out our video series. There's a link to it in the show notes, or you can find it at crosscut.com video. You were my guide for my first climbing experience, which I loved hearing about the way that climbing to you is like meditation. Mm -hmm. And you were saying things like, what is, how does the wall <laughs> want to be climbed? And what is the wall telling me? And that was so yeah. cool. Like, tell me about that. Yes, the wall talks to me yeah. and how it wants to be climbed. When you're on it, um, you are trying to solve this problem by mm. following the path that has been set for you. Uh, but there are many ways for you to do that path, mm. for me to do that path. You, you clearly have a dance. I've been told that too. Yeah. Like, you look like you're dancing on the wall. You look like you're just kind of floating on the wall. And it's because I am enjoying it that much. Mm -hmm. And because when you get into a rhythm, it's like, okay, well, I can kind of predict where the next hold is gonna be because mm. of where I've come from to a certain degree, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, or knowing that this is where I will possibly fail because I'm going to be pushing my body further than what it might be capable of doing mm. and making that decision mm. and preparing yourself to fail mm. and knowing that that's okay because you got that far. So, okay, well, that didn't work. Mm. How else can I do it? One big metaphor for life. <laughs> it like really which is. It, I think I tend to think of like the marathon as being a metaphor yeah. for life, but all, this idea that there's multiple paths to get there, people mm -hmm. choose what works best for them and their body and their mind. Mm -hmm. After climbing, I sat with Jazz to learn more about them and QPOC hikers. So, how do you find yourself here in Washington? Uh, well, I came here from San Diego. Okay. I was in San Diego for about a year and a half. Um, loved it down there and met my partner who's born and raised here. Mm. And so moved up to the Pacific Northwest. But also while I was in San Diego, I was missing seasons. And so I was like, yeah, I will happily move to the north. I grew up in a time where kids played outside. 
right? So I was always climbing a tree. That. It makes it sound so old. That was it. So old, really. <laughs> At a time. At a time kids. long, long ago, <laughs> yeah. um, way back when. But honestly, like, yeah. we weren't inside playing video games all the time. We're like on our phones or TV. We'd go outside, we'd ride our bikes, we'd end up at some friend's house down the block, and then we'd be home for dinner. So, mm. or we'd like go to a playground or a park or whatever it might be. So outside. Yeah. And then going to like the Poconos with my family. So grew up in New York and PA, very quick trip. We had timeshare out there and then we would go hiking, mm -hmm. <laughs> which was like a trail that went up to the road from the like townhomes that we were in. And, mm. uh, and so it was like, this is us, us naturing and this is us like adventuring. Um, but I always enjoyed it and was that weird kid that would like pick up caterpillars and be like, look, look mm. what I found. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like that, then going away to school, um, taking like a nature photography course and being mm. like, this is a lot of fun. I can explore, go an hour drive, get to a whole new area and just like be. Mm. Um, fast forward, moved back to New York and started snowboarding. Okay. I grew up skiing, uh, but wanted to switch over to snowboarding. Brought myself out to the West Coast. Um, Got more into hiking, 52 Hike Challenge in San Diego, where you can hike at any point of the year, um, mm. any day of the year, really. Mm. Um, was just, I was like, I love this. I love being outside. You mentioned that you grew up skiing, which yeah. is not a thing that many black people grow up doing. Right. Um, how were you introduced to the sport? Is this something that your family did? Mm. Uh, so in the winter, we would go to Shawnee Mountain, which is this really tiny, sweet, sweet, mountain um, in comparison to like all the Colorado and the Utah and everything right, else. Right. This is like a hill, mm. uh, but it was a great place to learn how to ski. Uh, and your parents <laughs> skied. They used to ski in like the 70s or 80s or mm. whatnot, right? Um, so they wanted to introduce us to mm. that sport. Uh, so I had a group of friends who introduced me how to snowboard. Yes, they were all white, mm. uh, but at the moment I was just like, free lesson, this is mm. great. Like I don't have to pay for the lesson, I just paid for the rental equipment but I know that that could be a barrier to folks. So I was fortunate enough to have that group of friends to take me mm. um, to the mountain. And then also fortunate enough to then, well, fall in love with it and be able to purchase my own gear mm. so that I still have the same gear that I've been using for like the last 10 years. Oh wow. So you mentioned a 52 week hike challenge. Mm -hmm. Tell me what that is. And it sounds like it was really like a turning point for you. Uh, it is a challenge that you can register for online. I think pay $5 fee or something. And then when you complete it, they'll give you a patch. Uh, but essentially what you're doing is you're hiking one hike every week for one calendar year. Mm. And that's it. Just going out, exploring and uh, logging in, logging in your hikes. Yeah. Guess I could do it. Sure. Let's see how far we get. Mm. Right. And then I was like, well, this is actually really nice to be able to explore a new area mm. and just kind of try and find like my place within mm. San Diego because mm. if you're a transplant you don't know anyone then how do you establish roots right so luckily I was able to find two hiking groups meet friends the people who I also worked with were outdoorsy and active and adventurous so it was kind of like coming in, in, in on Mondays was like, oh, how was your hike, mm. right? And we're like, it was great. How was your climb out in like Joshua Tree? And mm. being able to just share those stories also, as opposed to typically, I feel like, oh, well, what did you watch? Like, right. 
what how did how did that show go right. what was the finale like right 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 um, which you can just find on Google but right. sharing someone's experience mm. it's kind of like the storytelling that we used to do again generations ago mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. with, with families um, so yeah I guess a lot of things kept me going to complete the 52 hike challenge uh, and then moving up here I was like well I want to keep hiking mm. but I don't want to do it by myself mm. <laughs> so then we got keep back hikers what is Kupak Hikers? What does that stand for? What yeah. is it about? Uh, it's for queer people of color who like to hike, who are interested in hiking, who want to experience the outdoors. Um, we had our first tabling event this past June, and people were just like, I've never hiked before, mm. so can I join? Mm. Like. Absolutely, that's exactly why we're doing this, mm. because if you've never done it before, but you have an interest and you're curious about it, then being able to provide that for people uh, and having like, if it's, uh, what's it called? Um, an accessible hike. Mm. Some people are like, oh, well, I have this, then the other. And I'm like, okay, well, here's a completely paved trail. Right, right, because so much of the outdoors, the way that it's like commodified and sold to us is about epic adventure and summiting Rainier, especially being here. I'm like, everybody's <laughs> summiting Rainier and Mount Baker. Um, but yeah, a hike, is a, hike yeah. is a hike, right? Yeah, and a hike is, that was the other part. It's like, okay, well, does this count as a hike for the 52 mm. hikes? What is a hike? Is it the distance? Is it... Uh, the elevation, is it uh, because it's on all trails or any other hiking app, um, or <laughs> is it just whatever you make it, right? Because then there are people who do urban hikes in mm. a city, and you can hike for miles in a city, mm. and you can have your own destinations if destination is your, your thing, right? Like viewpoint on top of a mountain or cool museum in a city. Mm. Are you hiking for both? Yeah, sure. So for you, a hike, how would you define a hike? Ah, I think anytime I step outside of the house with the intention of benefiting myself in, in, within nature, then that's a hike. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the QPOC piece of it, because yeah. um, I'm a person of color, I'm not queer, but mm -hmm. I, I know my own journey and struggles with feeling comfortable in the outdoors. Why was it important for this to be for queer POC? I think because there are a lot of queer circles uh, centered around like happy hours and drinking and mm. meetups that way. Uh, and I wanted this to, in addition to just like being a queer space, a queer POC space, that it was a sober space for people to link up. Mm. And again, nature as a backdrop, very healing mm. uh, and, and to, in a sense, I guess, provide, provide safety uh, mm. to just be, right? Without like, oh, I'm getting judged for what I'm wearing or what mm. I'm drinking or how I'm acting or how I'm dancing or whatever mm. it might be like in a club setting, like all of these things that you might be thinking about inside, mm. which are inhibiting your experience to just like connect with someone. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like if we go for a walk and we mm -hmm. just, we're just talking, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then we're like, oh, look at that bird, look at this. Mm. Like you can smell, you can experience uh, together. Tell me about the safety piece. Yeah. When you say like safety, do you mean physical, psychological, emotional, all of the above? A little bit all of the above, because if you think about it, if you're hiking by yourself, 
you're probably not as safe as if you were if you were hiking in a group. Mm. Um, also, if you have one brown person mm. by themselves, it's probably not as safe as if you have a whole collective. It makes me think, have you experienced, have there been times in the outdoors where you felt unsafe or? Oh yeah, um, during the 52 hike challenge, just if I was hiking by myself at all, you know, I'd like, I'd stand up taller. Mm. <laughs> I'd probably hike a lot faster. It'd be part jog, part hike, mm. like running and just always looking around and being more aware. Uh, mm. Whereas if I'm in a group, it's like, oh, well, we're together. Mm. Like we can hear other things. You have more, more eyes, more ears. Uh, you can see a lot more. And then also with QFLAC hikers, just providing a space for conversations that might not be able to happen in a workplace, mm. depending on your coworkers and how diverse your team might be mm. or lack of diversity on your team. Um, so we've had just simple chats of like, where do you get your haircut? Mm. <laughs> I go, I have to drive an hour to go get my haircut to find someone who mm -hmm. you know knows how to cut my curls or mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. um, so having those conversations as well and just helping building a community mm. um, in addition to being community with other groups as well. Mm -hmm. So that's been a really nice thing up here is there are other groups that have very similar missions. Mm. And so connecting with each other, sharing each other's events mm. or just like showing up at someone else's event mm. and being like, hey, I support you. I see you. Mm. I appreciate you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And that happens pretty often as well. So, I, It also makes me think of the responsibility of an ally, right? Mm -hmm. What are the ways that you can signal to somebody like, hi, I see you, like, we're going to be good, you know? Right. Because I, I think about that too, again, as like a, a non-queer person or somebody mm -hmm. who's able-bodied. What are the ways that I can signal to other folks, like, I'm here to support you or let you live? Like, yeah. I mean, I think just acknowledging each other's presence. Mm. Um, Offering help if you see that someone needs help. Mm. Like, hey, are you okay? Do you need more water? Mm. Are you injured? If someone's just like on the side of the trail, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, you good? Just checking in. Right. Human to human. Right, right. <laughs> I feel like we don't really do that as much. You'd probably be more likely to say hi to a dog than the, per than the person right. walking the dog. Right, right. So, guilty mm. of that for sure. <laughs> but. Think, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, just a little bit of humanity goes a long way, right, mm -hmm. in these spaces. Mm -hmm. You've shared that your gender identity mm -hmm. was um, something that you sort of came to understand about yourself. I'd love for you to tell me about that. Yeah. So, I mean, also growing up, I never really saw myself as one way, I would say. Um, I would have folks be like, hey, buddy. Mm. Oh, I mean... Honey, sweetie. Oh, um, sorry. I'm just like, what are you? What what do right. I call you? I'm like, hi. You can just say hey. You don't have to attach. Like, okay, that's right. fine. Whatever. Uh, so that was one thing. Or yeah, it's like, sir, ma'am. It's like, mm. really, you don't have to. I'd appreciate it if you don't. Mm. Um, but I didn't really have that voice until recently. Mm. Uh, and just being like, actually, I'm done with this. I'm mm. done trying to please other people, and I'm done trying to like not make other people uncomfortable mm. by being my true self mm. right so I was like yeah my pronouns are she her because you know that's what works and then it's like mm, but if I dive into that like really not so then I'm like yeah my pronouns are she they 
sat with that for a little bit. I was like, huh, hmm, I don't know. I'm like holding on to a part of me that I don't know why really. Mm. Right. So then I'm like, nope, my pronouns are they, them. Mm. This is who I am. So I've always been, this is what feels right. This is what's comfortable. And I am set. Mm. Uh, so yeah, also being in a relationship and mm. girlfriend not really being the term that sat well with me and I'm just like I don't really know how do we navigate this so mm. of course Google I think it's so powerful that you mentioned you turned to Google which like thank goodness we have access to the internet right but if you I think right. about we're around the same age growing up um, mm -hmm. there wasn't really a resource yeah to see yourself find out about what yeah. who you are and I think that's another very big part of growing up when we grew up uh, was because you don't really see someone like me in media, mm. right? You don't really see like a queer person as the protagonist. It's usually there's a sidekick, mm. there's like the best friend mm -hmm. or the outcast mm -hmm. who's getting bullied all the time. Mm. Um, so it was just like, all right, well, I don't want that for my life. So I'm going to put myself in this box that's safe. Mm but that's not like living your true authentic self. So mm -hmm. sometimes you gotta come out of the box. You come out of the closet, then come out of the box, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a process for sure, yeah. How has your family, if you feel comfortable, how has your family um, come to acknowledge your authentic self? I, I mean, and I wanna couch that in. Yeah. I'm a first generation American. Um, I know that your parents are immigrants. Mm -hmm. And so I just think about like, what would my parents think? Right? Yeah. <laughs> my dad was born here, okay. um, but his family is all from Puerto Rico. My mom came here when she was two. Okay. Her family is from Grenada, uh, very Catholic upbringing. Mm. Um, so on the family end, I mean, we also don't really talk about a whole lot of things, so mm. it should be interesting. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. No, <laughs> mom already knows. Dad knows. Hmm. Grandma doesn't know, but mm. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, Thank you for your bravery. Of course, yes. It's, you know, for the person, the people who need to see someone who's like them, mm. who's brave enough, brave enough, right? Right. To just live your truth and be you. Mm. Uh, be your weird, authentic self, mm. because that's what we need in the world. We mm. don't need more cookie cutter people mm -hmm. fitting a mold. Mm. We need more people being their authentic selves. Mm. Um, yeah. Thank you for being your authentic self. Of course, <laughs> glad I could be here today. There's so much more to the story, so keep listening. This episode is presented by Fleet Feet. Fleet Feet believes that running changes everything. We sell the shoes, apparel, and gear you need to get started. And we host fun runs, training groups, and events. Whether you're training for your first mile or your 50th marathon, we're here to run with you. Learn more at fleetfeet.com. So you are in San Diego, you move here, and you decide, I want a space for queer POC to hang out, get to know each other, explore the outdoors. When did you sit down and say, this thing will be called Cupa Hikers, and it will be a community. Yeah. So if I can't find it, I'm going to make it. And support from my partner was like, you should just do it. Like, mm. if you feel this strongly and passionate about it, just do it. Mm. I was like, all right, well, you're right. I have design skills. I have marketing skills. I know the outdoors mm. to a certain extent, right? And whatever I don't know, I can 
kind of learn along the way. Mm. Um, I had taken like high altitude classes. I had taken leave no trace classes. I was part of hiking groups, so I knew how to lead a hiking group. So I was like feeling pretty confident in it. Here we go. Let's schedule the first hike. Take oh. me to that day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, yes. So August 2019. We had a great handful of folks come out. Um, I was honestly not expecting much. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, if it's, if it's just the two of us, it's just the two of us, and here we go, first hike. Um, but I think we had maybe about six or seven folks come out. Uh, we hiked up Cougar Mountain, had a little bit of a lunch, I think, afterwards. So August 2019, right, the pandemic hit mm -hmm. in March. March 2020. So what, yeah, what did Kupak hikers look like throughout that time? It didn't. <laughs> it didn't. It was an online presence still okay. uh people if they were still tagging and hiking and mm -hmm. going wherever they were going um either virginia or florida or california like different states people mm. that's kind of how it started really it was i built the instagram account and then started following other groups that had similar missions mm. and then would post or would share their things on my stories i was like mm. look at these awesome people look at these awesome people mm. like look at these great resources um, and then it was like, use this hashtag if you're in, like, if you want to mm. use that hashtag, if you identify as a QPOC hiker, then mm. do it. And people would do that. And then it just took off on Instagram. And, but yeah, we did not hike. I think we hiked twice in 2020. Mm -hmm. Once in like March when the restrictions were just put in place. We're like, oh, if you just put a mask on, it'll be great. Right. Keep your distance. Uh, and then for the anniversary camping weekend type of situation which was just like well you don't have the gear and that's totally fine we'll just go to the spot anyway and mm. at least we can get out right because at that point we were cooped up for almost six months right. of not being able to go outside what have so that was you know early pandemic what has mm -hmm. time like what has cute puck hikers looked like since then yeah so I would say I was luckily laid off from my job mm. <laughs> in March of 2020 which let me to like have all of the time to put into Kupak Hikers. Mm. So we have a website now, we have a private Facebook group now, and we hike once a month now. Oh, wow. um, we've had other organizations also reach out. So like we did last September, we had a guided mountain hike at mm. Crystal Mountain. Um, that was great because Christy was able to not only guide us, but also teach us how to build a shelter if we were in danger or found ourselves in a place where it's like, I need safety right now. Mm. I need shelter right now. How do I do that? Mm. Uh, learning some of the leave no trace principles for folks who had never heard of them. Like you mm. can't just throw your tangerine peel in nature and be like, mm. well, it'll decompose. Mm. Is there a tangerine tree in mm. the area in which you threw your peel? Which I think is like, honestly, like no. a mind blowing <laughs> concept for me. Like I know the leave no chase rules now, but I was, you know, and growing up, I just sort of assumed like, well, if something is, will decompose, then it can be anywhere, right? You mentioned Christy. Who is Christy? Yes, Christy Pelland. She is uh, a very, very wonderful, humble, energetic person who runs some of the outdoor activities at Crystal Mountain. She guided us on the hike. Um, we had some swag giveaways, which is always really nice. Mm. 
because we're like a community organization, we don't have sponsorships or deals mm -hmm. or that sort of thing. So it's really nice to also partner with these other groups and these other people who do have those and provide that to the community, especially mm -hmm. if gear is a barrier as to why they're not going outdoors. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the obstacles. I mean, you've mentioned gear, safety. Uh, one of the main ones is transportation. Um, we have folks who are very interested in joining a hike, but they just don't have transportation. They're like, mm. Can you, do you know anyone coming from this area? I'm mm. like, honestly, I don't. Because mm. I don't know where people are coming from. Also, knowing where you're going mm. <laughs> when you get there is another one. Um, either knowing how to read a map or a compass or a GPS or mm. some kind of a navigation system so that you don't end up lost. Uh, gear, sure, you can hike in like tennis shoes and whatever else. But of course there's the outdoor industry that's like, no, you need to have moisture wicking clothes. You need mm. to have these smart wool socks. You need to have all of these other things. Do you? No, you mm. just need to be able to go and do and mm. experience and enjoy in your own way. Um, is definitely a barrier though, if you want to hike long distances right. or even snowshoeing. So <laughs> how did you get into climbing? Yeah. I'm gonna say that's one thing black people don't do. Correct. <laughs> black people don't cl climb, they don't swim, they don't go outdoors. Exactly. There's a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, they don't jump out of perfectly good airplanes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I started, I think it was like someone's birthday party when we were 10 years old or something. And I was mm. like, rock climbing is cool, yeah. Uh, and then obviously in my adult life, I was like, wait, I enjoyed that. Mm. <laughs> Past memory, uh, I should go find a gym. I moved to Brooklyn, Brooklyn Boulders was right there. Mm. And then it was really easy to go because you don't like need anything really, like mm. just yourself. Mm. Uh, you can rent some shoes, rent a chalk bag. Um, if you're going up on ropes, you rent the harness, like you can rent all the gear, experience it for a day um, or like, you can have a 10 pack pass, which is 10 day passes. Mm. So you can come for 10 days without committing to a full month or annual membership, mm. um, especially if you're just trying it out, right? And so I did that and it was just a really great community. I would go in by myself and I would just go rent my shoes and start climbing on some walls and I'd be like, huh, how did you, how did you do that? <laughs> Wait, so you literally, so. you just decided like nobody was gonna show you that first day. You were just like, I'm walking in here yeah. and I'm climbing. I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do it. Mm. I have this interest, right? Mm. So I'm gonna make it a regular thing because I enjoy it. And so learned how to climb, uh, watched YouTube videos, right? Mm. Moved across country, worked in a rock climbing gym. Mm. <laughs> and I got climbing shoes. Mm. I still don't have a harness. I don't have ropes. Mm -hmm. I don't have a chalk bag. I have my shoes. Mm -hmm. And that gets me into the gym and let, allows me to climb. Mm. So I have a Seattle Bouldering Project 10-pack pass now. It never expires. It never mm. expired during the pandemic. Mm. And it's just a really great way to be like, you know what? It's the middle of the week. I'm going to go move my body. Yeah. So I love that, you know, I'm sort of like an all or nothing type person. So if I decided I was gonna be a climber, I would buy every single thing <laughs> and then likely regret it because you don't know how things fit in your life. But I like this idea of like, you know, you can try something and you you take what you need and you find your community and find your support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would say I definitely did that with snowboarding though. Okay. I was like, I love this, I'm all in. Give me the pants, give me the boots, give me the bindings, give me the board, give me my coat, give me my goggles, goggles. <laughs> give me my helmet. 
and yeah, building that inventory so yeah. that you can enjoy it to the fullest without feeling like, oh, I'm missing something. Mm. I'm, I'm cold or mm -hmm. why, did, like, why are my pants wet? Why mm. am I wearing jeans to a mountain? Right, right. right. It's going to be snow. So definitely uh, impacts the experience to have all the necessary gear built for that sport. Mm -hmm. um, but it might not always be required right, to right. enjoy it. You know, when we're talking about the outdoors, you you mentioned in the past this sort of like gut feeling that mm. queer people experience in the outdoors. Mm -hmm. The outdoors is supposedly for everyone, but your gut right. tells you otherwise. Right. That could definitely be a generational trauma type of thing. Uh, as we know, people of color were not treated equally uh, back in the day, way back when, right? We're talking Jim Crow era. Uh, and there were sit-ins, there were wait-ins. So if you think about that, and you think about why maybe black people don't swim, mm. <laughs> that could be a factor. Mm. It's not necessarily that there's no access mm. to a source of water to go swimming, mm. to learn how to swim, but just literally just, we weren't allowed to do it, so we don't do it. Mm. We never learned how to do it, we can't teach you how to do it, mm. and we can't pay for lessons to go do it, so mm. you're not gonna learn how to swim either. Mm -hmm your kids aren't going to learn how to swim, or maybe they will, who knows, but it's mm -hmm. a generational thing. As and it creates that idea like we don't do that, right? So we don't do that. Mm -hmm. But you can do that mm. if you want to do that. There are resources to learning how to do whatever that is, so go do it if you want to do it, right? We're, you know, we're talking about the fear and the potential danger and in the outdoors, and then you think about the legislation that is literally meant to erase trans, non-binary, LGBTQ folks. How do you practice self-care, right? Like when the assaults mm -hmm. are really everywhere around you. Mm -hmm. hmm. Self-care looks like going climbing or going mm. hiking or just saying no. Like mm. we're out in the world now again, for the most part, right? And just being like, you know, I know that that thing is happening. I don't have the energy to do that. Mm. I can't show up as well as I know I could mm. if I was feeling a different way. Literally, this is what I can do. Uh, and just accepting that mm. and being okay with that and being like, well, maybe I just need some time to listen to my music and that will recharge me. Mm. Or do on some like crafts and arts things and that will recharge me. It's like, how do you fill yourself up? That's the self-care, right? Mm. How do you fill yourself up so that you can then keep pouring out of your cup because you cannot pour out of an empty cup. Mm, mm -hmm. You're doing yourself a disservice. Mm. You're doing everyone else a disservice when you can't show up as well as you know that you could mm. if you took care of yourself. Mm. I mean, yeah, if you're not caring for yourself, you can't, you can't create the community. Yeah. So I know that hikers is in the name, QPOC hikers, but yes. it seems like it's so much more than that, right? Like we went climbing today, so yes. tell me about that. Yes, and we went snowshoeing at Crystal Mountain, and mm. snowshoeing isn't hiking, although maybe it is, mm. in the snow, right? Uh, I would just love for QPOC hikers to be a place where people can experience the outdoors however they want to experience it, which is also why for our anniversary hike trip type of thing. I was like, let's do backpacking. I do hope that we can have chapters in cities around the country, leaders in different states if they're interested, just to guide hikes and guide experiences and further that like education and resources that are out there that you might not know are out there. Mm. I would love to have a national tour. I know that I think it's black people who hike partnered with the National Park Service to do a couple of um, park tours, mm -hmm. essentially. And that's really great for the National Park Service because 
they're either wondering why or just mm. are wanting more people of color to go into their parks. Why don't people go into their parks? Either they feel like it's not a place for them or they feel like they maybe can't afford the entrance fee. Or, you know, if you're going to go camping and you have a family of six, well, now you have to buy two campsites mm. because a campsite is for four people max. Mm. So that's a barrier. Um, but yeah, I would love to just kind of explore more and to create more community and just continue to grow, mm. honestly. We've been talking about how back in the day when we were kids, like we got outdoors more, but we didn't see ourselves represented in those spaces. So would you say that this is progress where we are now? Mm -hmm. I would say definitely with these groups emerging, right? Bringing awareness to just the public in general, just to media in general and being mm. like, hey, like you need to diversify your marketing mm. um, and companies actually doing it. That's great. Like mm. that's progress. That's mm. recognizing that there's an issue and doing something about it. Mm. Does money solve all problems? No, it doesn't. But is it a great start? Absolutely is. Mm. Is changing your marketing to have BIPOC people in the marketing or having people with rainbows, is that changing it? Yeah. it's could be seen as performative if on the back end you're also not having great hiring practices and mm. work culture. So it's all hand in hand. So I think there is progress definitely with this, these groups that are forming, um, that are linking up and sharing each other's messages and supporting each other. Again, back to just the bigger community of what can we do to support each other um, in general. Just, mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of what we said today is really about mental health, right? Yeah. How has being outdoors impacted your own personal mental health? It is great when I allow myself the time to do it. Mm. I don't go as often as I would like to. And I, every time I do go, I'm just like, wow, this is really nice. I should do this a lot more. Mm. And then it just goes back to the, do I have the energy to go? and do it, right? I also have you know, struggled with mental health and continue mm -hmm. to, and the idea of getting out of bed itself is you know, mm -hmm. a task. Yeah, which even before the pandemic, living in New York, I was like, oh, it's so cold outside. I don't mm. want to do it. My bed is so warm. Mm. I can just stay here forever. Mm. That's not life. <laughs> That's not how you experience life, right? I see you and several of my guests <laughs> <laughs> having a massive national tour. They'll be like climbing there. Yeah. I just see, I mean, what you're doing and your energy and your positivity is just so nice to be around. Um, and you're really filling an important role, right? Like representation is everything and, and having you in these spaces and um, making people feel comfortable in their bodies is so important. So I thank you for your work. Thank you for having me. This is honestly awesome. If you want to continue adventuring with me and dive deeper into this story, check out the show notes. There, you'll find links to the video series and an article I wrote about the themes of this episode. This podcast is hosted and reported by Allison Mariella Desir. That's me. My producer is Brooklyn Jamerson Flowers. The executive producer is Mark Baumgarten. Audio production from Bryce Y. Adolfson and Sarah E. Hall. And audio support from Rusty Bogal and Seth Halloran. You can subscribe to Out and Back wherever you listen. 
And if you like the show, please review us. It helps create excitement around a new show. And if you'd like to support the work we do at CrossCut, go to crosscut.com membership. In addition to supporting our journalism, members receive complete access to on-demand programming from KCTS 9, Seattle's PBS station. For the latest political, environmental, and culture news from the Pacific Northwest, visit crosscut.com. Out and Back is a product of Cascade Public Media. Next time, we're going running again, but also canoeing. <laughs>